Hello, welcome to the fourth podcast produced by the Shoesmiths Financial Services team, looking at the possible impact of the new consumer duty on the life cycle of a credit agreement. I'm Russell Jones, one of the lawyers in the financial services team here at Shoesmiths. I'll be chatting with Stephen Dawson, the head of Shoesmiths Financial Services sector and a career consumer finance lawyer. Today, we'll be discussing the very positive and uplifting subject of when it goes wrong. And I'm not talking about the time I tried to get off an aeroplane when it was taxiing to the runway. I'm not quite sure what I was thinking when I pressed the button above my head. But that's enough about when it goes wrong for me. So far in this podcast series, we've heard from Louisa Hunter and Jeff May, who kicked off the podcast series with an introduction to the new consumer duty. Then Daniel Bennett and Rita Sheikh discussed the possible impact of the new consumer duty on advertising. And then the third podcast in the series was with Suzanne Taylor and Rita Sheikh discussing the possible impact on the customer journey. So Stephen, let's get started. So the main gist of our conversation today will probably be something that nobody wants to think about when it all goes wrong. It will be when products or services or both fail to reach the necessary standard. Rules may be breached, consumers may suffer detriment. But before we jump straight into consumer duty, can I just ask a simple question? Do firms really get things wrong? Yes, Russell, large firms and small firms get very many things wrong, and they do so on a regular basis. And sometimes those issues are one-off, perhaps human error. Sometimes they're systemic, operational and compliance issues. And sometimes they just make things worse by trying to fix a problem. I won't say I've seen it all, but I have seen many versions of firms getting things wrong. And is it always bad news? Definitely not. Spotting an issue and fixing it is a positive thing. Positive for the business in the long run and positive for consumers overall. What I would say is that getting things wrong, failing to get compliance right, is very often much more expensive to repair or put right than getting compliance right in the first place. And of course, let's not forget, consumer duty is primarily about getting it right in the first place. Can you give me some examples of what you have seen going wrong? Well, I'd like to tell you some of, some of the colourful examples that I have up my sleeve, however. Simple one-off issues can begin with failing to explain products clearly in financial promotions or not providing the whole story or possibly just inputting information incorrectly into agreements or missing changes to the law. But the problem in the consumer finance environment is that one small error can very quickly extrapolate into a bigger problem. So it might be the wrong number plate on a customer finance agreement or errors with calculating numbers. It could be small errors in statements that impact on the ability to charge interest or to enforce agreements. Or it could be getting APRs wrong or failing to send statutory material at all. And of course, these errors can result in long-term issues with being able to maybe sell debt or to use it as collateral for fundraising, or even for securitization, for example. Yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, but doesn't it go beyond the paperwork and the small print? What else can go wrong? Well, as ever, Russell, you ask a good question. The ongoing personal relationship that a firm has with its customers is also equally as important as the small print. In fact, it's probably more material. We know that customers can seek redress or recompense in a range of ways, including FOS, the courts, through the media, and of course, through the FCA. And let's remember the FCA has a broad remit as a conduct regulator, financial conduct authority. 
protecting consumers, protecting and enhancing the integrity of the UK financial system, and promoting effective competition in the interests of consumers. It's probably a neat segue into a conversation about consumer duty, but it's incredibly important to emphasize that conduct issues really are something for the industry to address through effective compliance from day one. Before I move on to consumer duty, can I just ask if the FCA really wants to know about every issue firms encounter along the way? So this is possibly one of the most asked and debated questions that I ever hear. Should I notify? On an entirely personal note, and whilst I'm a lawyer and enjoy the technical to and fro and the rules and regulations, I do try to keep an open mind when I'm asked this particular question. And if there's one single takeaway from this answer that people should recall, it's the word context. A repeated simple issue becomes a relevant issue if it's systemic. A behavior becomes relevant if it's performed cynically without a customer being placed at the center of an assessment. A history of poor compliance with the FCA will certainly mean the bar is raised in terms of engaging with the regulator. I can say with near certainty that most firms have an element of non-compliance baked into their customer journey. But I don't advocate immediately confessing everything to the regulator. I would actually advocate for an immediate assessment of the size and scale of the problem. Find out your numbers, ascertain the value. An assessment of customer detriment, a review of files, an immediate fix where possible, or a pause on the offending behavior. And only when the swift assessment is complete, then a suitable approach is decided. And Stephen, could I just ask what a suitable approach may be? Yes, Russell, you may ask. A, a, a suitable approach may be simply fix the issue. Remediation doesn't have to be a payout to customers in all cases. Or fix the issue and advise the FCA. Or pause the problem and confess all to the FCA. But Russell, you must not ignore the issue. Don't hide the outcome of the issue. Make a sensible assessment record the actions taken, and the rationale for the decision. Well, Stephen, that, so that all sounds perfectly practical. But the reason we are here is to understand the impact of the new consumer duty in scenarios where there is perhaps technical non-compliance or more substantial conduct issues. Is anything going to change? If I circle back to Jeff's first podcast on this subject, he reminded us that the FCA has settled on the new principle that a firm must act to deliver good outcomes for retail customers. So in short, yes, I do believe the new principle will be relevant. I suggest that it raises the bar in terms of standards expected when the outcomes of breaches are being assessed. I don't think that the FCA now wants to be inundated with messages of mea culpa for the most minor of breaches, but I suggest that the real change is how they want firms to reflect on these things. A real shift for firms to view things from the other end of the telescope, as it were. Clearly, a good outcome for one person isn't a good outcome for another, but the assessment really does need to be scrupulous in terms of looking at it from the customer perspective. On a matter of technicality, of course, we do have a section of the Consumer Credit Act 1974 that effectively reverses what we call the burden of proof. So in simple terms, if a consumer makes a claim that a relationship as between a customer and a lender is unfair to the customer, and the factual basis is proven, then the lender has to prove to the contrary. But similar legislation even existed in the Money Lenders Act of 1927. I digress. 
So this requirement to view matters from the customer perspective isn't wholly new and doesn't have to be a problem, but it is a shift to say that firms must proactively place themselves firmly in customer shoes, avoiding behavioral bias. The emphasis when firms are assessing breaches will be on working within new cross-cutting rules to act in the best interests of customers, avoiding causing foreseeable harm to consumers and supporting consumers to achieve their financial objectives. Okay, so if firms need to treat the bar as having been raised on breach, and the industry has a new principle to deliver good outcomes for retail customers, and we have new cross-cutting rules, what else do firms need to be aware of? Of course, the principle and the rules are written to encourage compliance in the first place. I would emphasize the cries of our financial services compliance team who regularly remind us that compliance and the costs associated with compliance are often cheaper than non-compliance in the long run. Really, I would just emphasize that through the new principle and cross-cutting rules, the FCA has made it clear that they expect to see certain outcomes for no less. Jeff covered these in his earlier podcast, but as a reminder, the consideration given by firms on discovering a breach will need to ensure that any engagement with consumers ensures in particular consumers are properly informed to allow a fully informed decision Consumers can get the help they need in a timely fashion to engage properly. In short, deciding to stay quiet, do nothing, make it all go away, will become much more challenging options in the future. Thank you, Stephen. And so the last question from me, what should firms be doing now? Well, in actual fact, Russell, very often the problems that will cause the issues aren't even known yet. If they are, then I advise a fully transparent consideration of the issue, at an appropriately senior level, as soon as practicable. I would advise that decision-making rationale and ultimate decision are documented, and specific consideration is given to the question, would I expect to be told about this if I were a customer? And if something new is found to be an issue, a very similar approach should be taken. And of course, our team of talented financial services lawyers and our financial services compliance team would be delighted to help. Well, thank you, Stephen. Very informative as always. And thank you all for listening. If you'd like to know more about the FCA's consumer duty, then please visit our consumer duty hub on our website. Simply type consumer duty hub into Google and we're at the top. You can also find the hub at shoesmiths.co.uk forward slash expertise forward slash resources forward slash consumer duty hub. Thank you.